New Dissident Radio. Keep your dissonance. What? Fuck, no. That's wrong. Shit. I totally fucked it up. I'm gonna do it again. New Dissident Radio. Keep your dissonance. Hey, I did it. Fuck me. This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Bad. 
So that was uh, Life the Movie by the Clutter Family. And uh, you can find them at, I think, theclutterfamily.com, probably, most likely. <laughs> Knowing everyone these days has a website with their name in it just like that. Uh, and uh, it's actually a bunch of writers and performers, uh, uh, comedy people here in L.A., uh, so the reason I, and I've played that song before, but the reason I wanted to play it today was because, uh, yesterday was my husband's birthday and, uh, we <clears throat> decided to, uh, go out and have dinner at Dantana's, which is this very old, old school Hollywood Italian restaurant where you too can get chicken parm for $40. <laughs> yeah, it's not for the fate of heart. And, uh, uh, and then a friend of mine, and I'm going to do a little name dropping here now today. I mean, I know I normally don't do stuff like this, but I just had one of those nights last night. So a friend of mine, Gary Shandling, invited my husband, Bob, and I out to a an event that a friend of his was having. Her book, her novel was being published, and his friend is uh, Kristen Gore, who is Al Gore's daughter. So I was like, oh, well, that would be cool to do. Uh, you know, I, I would love to meet her. And, and, and Gary... It says she's like one of the funniest people he knows. So I'm like, okay, well, if Gary thinks she's funny and great, then I got to go meet her. And of course, she's got the whole thing in common with me, the daughter of, you know, someone syndrome kind of thing. So that's always fun. Uh, So but we uh, decided to go uh, to this event and it was at a place called the Soho House, uh, which uh, is like there's one in New York and there's one in London and there's one here in L.A. And it's like a big fancy hotel or I guess like boutique hotel. But the Soho House is also a uh, private club. And the event was being held up on the two little uh, uh, levels of this building, uh, the private club area. And so immediately, (laughs) I am basically a t-shirt and jean girl. I really am. So getting dressed up for me is fun, but always a little anxiety-provoking because I do not have, um, you know, Armani and Prada in my closet. So, you know, I have my funky kind of boots and my little dress and everything like that. And we, my husband's got his nice little uh, suit and we got dressed up. Of course, so we get in the elevator going up to Soho House and uh, immediately we're in the elevator with other members. And you can just feel Hollywood mogul in this elevator. It's like there's Hollywood moguls in this elevator with us. And uh, they're giving us the eye like, oh, they're just probably going to an event because they're not members. And immediately I got the full on creep out like, oh, I'm such an outsider and I hate this business and I hate this town. Um, But I tried to breathe through it and I did. And then we got inside and we had some alcohol, which was better. And uh and I met some nice people. Gary had brought some friends along and met some nice people and a nice young filmmaker and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then got to meet Tipper Gore, which was actually really, really cool. Uh, and uh, which is really funny because I mentioned it today on Twitter. And of course, everyone's like, you know, she wanted to censor people. And and they were all up in arms about her wanting to censor and uh, which I remember the labels. My dad did a take on it, you know, explicit label thing on one of his albums. And I remember her thing. And I was pretty pissed at her up back then. But let me tell you, she's a really lovely human being. And people are bigger than just uh, issues. Uh, so uh, she was great. And then I, I met her daughter, whose uh, book, you know, was coming out. Um, and I bought the book. It looks great. looks lovely. Uh, and then at the end of the night, there was uh, this very, very famous director, youngish guy, will not name names, uh, who's known for having a huge ego and he does great work and he's actually Academy Award nominated and all of that. But I guess he and Gary had had an issue at one point and, uh, and I just watched this Hollywood 
narcissistic thing go on in front of me. And it was, it was, I just felt so slimy, like I wanted to shower afterwards. And uh, so that like really irritated me. And then we get in the elevator and we go downstairs and we're at the valet. And this woman is standing there and she's in her $3,000 Armani suit with her easily $3,000 Prada bag. And she's posing like she knows she's rich. She knows she's powerful. She knows she's decently looking. And yet I looked into her eyes and she was completely soulless. (laughs) And yet she was exuding off the, I could eat you all people for dinner right now if I wanted to, because I am the queen of the land. And I have to tell you, it just set me off so much. I was, it was like that primal thing. Like I, I don't, I'm not into violence. I'm not into cat fights or anything, but man, if something, if she had said something to me, I might've just gone for her throat. Oh. And, and so I just, I was, I got in the car. My husband's like, honey, it's really okay. You're a great person. And I love you and you're beautiful and smart and funny and all of that. And, and I'm like, yes, but I don't belong here. Damn it. So I think part of this has to do with the fact that I'm going to New York next week and pitching my book and I'm feeling a little vulnerable right now, but you know, it's okay. I'll be better. (laughs) So I just had to get off my chest, but I I had a great evening. Otherwise I want to thank Gary for inviting us. And, uh, and I want to thank the, the cunt with the Prada bag for reminding me that, um, uh, who I am, that I am this authentic person and that I don't have to play the game and that, no, she has not won because she has a $3,000 purse. So there, that's my comment for the week. Anyway, uh, I have someone fabulous here in the studio right now who's totally cracking up. Who's dying. <laughs> because I said to, to, chi- to, <laughs> to chime in. in. <laughs> to chime in. To okay. pipe up. Okay, one second. One second. Let me oh. just introduce you first. Okay. Okay. So my guest today, uh, you guys all know who she is because I've been tweeting and Facebooking her all week. But anyway, she's a great actress and a comedian who first became known to myself and to most people in America as one of The Daily Show's original correspondents. And she'll, she and I will talk about how, how she inspired me at that time. Uh, she was also on the ABC hit Spin City for a few years. And she's like guest starring and leading in like movies and television the last 10 years. She's on a really cute little show on MTV called The Hard Times of R.J. Berger, which I watched today. And I was like, wow, they're talking about women's vaginas by using the word clam. And I didn't know you could do that on MTV. (laughs) Totally. And then this summer, she's in two big films, one uh, called Crazy Stupid Love, starring Stephen Carell, which is very cool. I want to hear about. And another one, which uh, is called Movie 43, that I love the, the description of it is. Uh, it features one of the largest casts in Hollywood history. And you know about as much of about uh, that. That's as about I do. it, right? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> it's like Nobody it's knows. a mad, 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 mad world. Anyway, here she is uh, with great pleasure, Beth Littleford. Welcome, Beth. Hi, lady. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy you're here, too. I just feel everything you just said. <laughs> I feel it so deeply. I feel it down to my toes. <laughs> yes, I know you do. I do. And it's in it's in it's the light. It's living here in LA and it's it's being in the business we're in 
And it's interesting because I find myself, and now that I'm a mother, now that I'm of a certain age, I find myself taking, I pull myself back. I'm almost like a mama. I'm pulling, I'm pulling that little insecure part back and I'm going, no, no, we don't play with them. <laughs> they're we mean. Don't, they're mean. She's a mean girl. And we don't compare our insides to her outsides. Oh, yes. Because she has nothing inside. Yeah. And we have plenty inside. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, it's like that looks sparkly. That looks like tra- no, it's it's toxic. It's lead, and so we don't touch it. Yeah, don't 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 put that in your mouth. Don't put that in your <laughs> mouth. And and at most, just I mean, occasionally I can participate in this stuff as a sort of bemused observer. Yeah, yeah. Just like oh, isn't that interesting? And yeah, oh, Gary Shandling, what a pleasure. Okay, yeah. and I'm really I'm really going to remind myself that this is not what I want for myself. Right. You know, I mean, there's been, you know, I lived in New York in my 20s. I ran around. It was crazy. Yep. Enough. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you said the Soho you, House and I go, is that a restaurant? <laughs> I don't know yeah. what it is. I know. I don't go there, which is probably good. And, and literally, uh, but so the funny thing was Bob and I walk in and we don't know where we're going. There's like two levels and there's this big, beautiful staircase in front of us. So we kind of follow the people in the elevator up the staircase and they go off to their dinner and there's like the, the, the hostess lady with the little thing and. And we go, oh, this is this must be the restaurant part. This is obviously this is not where the reading is. We said to the lady, she goes, oh no, this is the restaurant. And there's a beautiful balcony up there and a beautiful bar. And I said, oh, could we just go outside and see the view? And she gave me. I wish I wish this wasn't radio. She she gave me. She could didn't even say a word. She just kind of pierced her, you know, pursed her, her, lips. pursed her lips like this, and almost looked like I can't even answer you because this question is so inappropriate. The question of you. is so <laughs> If you have to ask, you can't afford it. Lingerie. And literally, it was like, oh. oh, we're turning around now, and we're going down the stairs. Oh, man. <laughs> and it really, there's something, it brings out like the Dorothy Parker in me. I just want to be like, oh, oh. you don't even know what you're missing. Oh, you know, I just totally. want to be like, really, you go ahead with your hostess job. <laughs> you go on ahead with your hostess job. Yes, because I know and, where you live, and it's a tiny, shitty and, apartment. And do your job, and, and that's fine, and I get that's that. Fine. But I now feel three inches tall, you know. And and, and know. the thing about the lady in the valet with the outfit, you know, here's the thing: is that I, you know what? If I had a ton, a ton of money, I would love her suit. It was really beautiful. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I would love clothes like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I don't know if I would spring for the $3,000 Prada purse. Yeah. That's not my thing. Not but, my thing. But the thing that gets me is, in her mind, she does think she's winning. Does she? Or is she I, trying really, really hard? Well, is some like part of her does. like the guy with the tiny penis and the sports yeah. car? Yeah, that's true. That is true. But I think is some part of her thinks... Yeah, it is. Of course, it is overcompensating. And of course, some part of her probably is most likely miserable. But the part of her in that moment that's standing there with the, with the really, you know, really... Like, part of her's like, yeah, I'm winning, man. I'm rocking this outfit. I'm rocking this purse. I'm rocking this shoe. And, and that's the part. It's like, I go... I will never, I can never beat her at that right. game. And the good news is, and so if she is, you know, more power to her, like, I really don't want to take anything away from, there's women all over this town, and I just hope that, you know, they're the trophy wives, and let's hope that they can, the marriage can stay intact, and they can continue <laughs> living their happy lives. I don't want to take anything Absolutely. away from them. But I do remind myself, and I want to remind my friend Kelly Carter, my <laughs> new friend, that that's not what we want. Yeah. yeah. At all. It's true. It really is a, it's like a treadmill that goes nowhere. It's so true. You know, it's an it's an empty, it's a hologram. It, it's and, it's and yet it, invisible. It, it's nothing. It's an it empty is. pot of gold. And yet it's shiny and it yeah. does trigger you. And it is like that. It's like you have to remind that little two-year-old part of you that will run towards anything shiny. Right. It'll even run across a 
eight-lane boulevard to right. get to it. You have right. to say, that's dangerous. Don't do that. Or the inner 12-year-old that's like, is, is she the popular girl? Yeah, yeah. She, you know, because that's for girls. There's still that. And this yep. town is full of who's popular and who's not yeah. constantly. The yeah. hierarchy is shifting. And so I actually try to just put my head in the sand a little bit. <laughs> yeah, la, yeah. La, 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 la. Like, I'm not listening. Yeah. I'm not listening. I'm doing stuff that makes me feel good. And I have to remind myself, like, does that make me feel good? Occasionally, mm. I can dip my toe into... Yeah. Yes. an event you know my mm-hmm. my husband got nominated for an emmy a couple years ago i went i was just coming off a show that was getting canceled on fox but nobody knew it was canceled so i got to walk the carpet that was a hoot right that was a hoot for that one time um you know oh, you know old picture you know to do it all the time and to make that m- 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 <sighs> give my life meaning yeah i think is a recipe f- at least for me yeah for misery yeah because it really would never be enough. Yeah. It's really the hole that never gets <laughs> it's filled. very true. It's it, the hole that never gets filled. It is. It's like being a cocaine addict. You, you do the first line and you're like, oh, well, that's fun. Let's do 12,000 more of those. It's addiction that's just filling a hole and filling a hole. And yeah. then you just need more and more and more and more until you're just bottoming out. You know, you're laying on the ground with, <laughs> yeah. you know, with slobber going down your face. And your Prada purse. And your Prada purse, <laughs> which has been ruined because, I don't know, it's, someone Some, stole your wallet. And, and puked on it. And yeah. puked on it. <laughs> it's not pretty. It's not pretty no. at all. So. So, so you talked about, um, you know, having, learning to become grounded in this way. Was there a time when you, when you, when you first came into this business and you were in New York, I'm guessing is when you first encountered showbiz. Yeah. What was that like for you? How old were you and how did you come into the business and, and. So I have so much to say about this because, you know, it is a crazy business. And my and my husband, who's a behind – I met him on The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. He's the supervising producer. So he's behind the camera. And uh, when we meet a young person – and we don't actually believe in young people sort of doing it professionally. My, my little almost six-year-old's in a musical theater class now. <laughs> and he's not very talented, but he's got some passion. But he asked. So, of course, he's the only guy. And they said, come on in. We're doing the music man. And you're the music man. So it's fantastic. <laughs> But no, we would never let him do it professionally until he like leaves the nest and then he can make his own choices. Right. But my husband would say to anyone that he cares about, see if there's anything else that you would (laughs) enjoy even slightly that you could make your living at other than that. And then I would add, but if you have to do it, you have to do it. Yeah. So do it. Yeah. So, and do it as, do it when you've got a little bit of your self, of your sense of self established. Yes. yes. Please God, because really the, the, really the adolescent, the unformed adolescent self, Mm. if you know, you get, you get shot into fame. I mean, I tell the kids I work with, like I've been Zac Efron's mom. I've been David Henry's mom. (laughs) I'm now Paul Iancano's mom on RJ, my little RJ Berger boy. He's a little bit older and, a, a deer, but I told him from moment one, enjoy the ride. It's just a ride. It's mm. a ride at an amusement park. It's not real. Mm. You'll get off at some point. You'll get on another ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be up and down and crazy and whoa, scary. And you know, <laughs> don't believe the hype. Yeah, don't yeah. think that the ride is all there is, and that's what your life means. So, so uh, my point is, I'll get back to it. My point, and I do have one to steal the line from Ellen DeGeneres, is that I was in New York. Doing, you know, black box theater where you had to beg your friends and family and it's like, well, it's a Brecht play, but the women are playing the male parts and the men are playing the female parts. (laughs) 
in the jungle of cities. Have you heard of it? It's a fantastically, it's a fantastic political Brechtian piece. That's right. You know, it's just like, we're going to change the world. No one would come. <laughs> and if they did come, they'd fall asleep. And then I found my way into like improv, mostly because it was the only fun that I'd have in acting classes when mm. they did theater games. Mm-hmm. And, and it was just years of like doing these odd jobs, you know, at the, at the art gallery or, do, you know, for paper magazine, which is this very cool magazine where I was a little fat checker. And I had a friend, she called me Beth the actress. And I said, you know what, the pressure's, stop saying that. I'm not. So he called me Beth the former actress because I was like, it's, you know, it's not happening. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it another shot. So he called me Beth the former former actress. <laughs> At some point in my mid-20s, you know, when I got on, like, I was in a little improv company in the performance workshop. I got in, you know, audition, you got in. And then I got in the touring company. And there's a point at which you're like, all I want to do is get in the touring company of the, that improv company. Right. And then you get that. And then you're like, well, all I want to do now is get in the main company. And then all you want to do is get your SAG card right. in an industrial, you know, <laughs> and a CD-ROM. And then all you want to do is just get a commercial. And then all you want to do, and then so, and it continued like yep. that. And yep. I did a one, I actually was proud of myself. You know, I had a sketch group and an improv group, and we would mount our own shows. And it got seen by by this big comedy manager, Dave Becky, who said, oh, do sure. a one-person yeah. show. And I did, mostly by buying the ad in the Village Voice <laughs> that in two weeks I was doing a show, putting the deposit down on the like 14-person theater on the yep. other side, and then and writing then you, holy shit, for every I've got a show up. second <laughs> but in that two-week period. Wow. You know, and just, you know, diarrhea the whole time and smoking cigs, like, you know, just a crazy chain smoking, <laughs> mad, manic two weeks. And then, you know, and then you put it up for friends, you know, for your friends the night before, and it's just like, oh, God, that's embarrassing. <laughs> and then you just... <laughs> You know, but you make it, and then Circle Rep came. We invited wow. everybody, but Circle Rep came. They were looking for late-night programming there. There's fantastic now, defunct, off-Broadway theater. Yep. And they put me up. They paid me about $25 a week. Oh, fantastic. And they, you were and paid. They, and they paid to put it up. Yeah. And then it got this extended run, and then the last night extended run, some people from Comedy Central were looking for this infotainment show. And at the time, Dave Becky was like, Comedy Central's nothing. Now, you got to be on MTV. Nobody knows what Comedy Central is. Hmm. But, you know, hello. Yeah. Cut to The Daily Show starting. And my not even realizing that I was jumping through some hoops and had to pitch and then had to get a you know piece that was tested and uh, focus grouped and, you know, wow. just, you know, barely yeah. made air. But then I did focus group well. And, you know, and at this point, too, it's cable access. I mean, it really was <laughs> in a tiny little studio the size of the room we're in now right. with no audience. Mm. And, you know, you could see the, the, the outlets behind the then host, Craig Kilborn. Right. Um, you know, in the shadows of the dudes walking back behind. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just in the just chuckle of the cameraman. And, um, and then it grew into, you know, what it is today. I was there for the first four years and but then it was like and I was started to do Spin City and I was like well if I could just get a, on a sitcom on a, on network right just a guest spot yeah, just a guest if spot. I could just recur then if right. I could just get made a regular a recurring I love so that. it's right. always right. yeah you know and so I, I always have to remind myself and I'm reminded by my husband constantly it's not what that's not what it's about. It's you keep on chugging. I'm like a journeyman actor. <laughs> I you know this is my life it's good it's fun I try to enjoy I do enjoy. I love performing. Mm-hmm. I love it. I could get up and do a song and dance right now. I can't really <laughs> sing, but I'm a decent dancer. I just love it. So I'm grateful to do it. And the rest of the bullshit is the price you pay to do it. I'm not yeah. the first person to say this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and yet it's so interesting because this culture is 
so much now about give me the attention, give me the fame yeah. first, the and then, I'll, then yeah. I'll figure out what why I'm famous for. You know, because I I really I I say this often on the show. I'm still really not sure who the Kardashians are or why we're supposed to be. <laughs> I watching heard your their podcast why you said that, and the Kardashians are everywhere. They, they are, and that, what what freaks me out is that young girls today kind of want to be that. Yeah, yeah, and that's. That's the only problem I have with the Kardashians because it's 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 the cult of celebrity and reality shows have taken over. I loved the song you opened with because mm. it's like I'm gonna live my life like a, there's a self consciousness yep. and an obsession with celebrity that's happening in our world today and mm. in our kids today and in our young people today. Mm. That's um, I kind of that way madness lies really. Yeah, you know it's just false. It's yeah. a false god. It's a false path it's so yeah, do i sound like a preacher i mean i feel <laughs> very insisted. strongly about it yeah because it's i don't you know you you watch these marriages dissolve you know you watch these you know these people descend and these young folks you know who get this fame then descend into just really horrible drug and alcohol problems yeah. or whatever you know these disney kids or whatever i no longer work for disney so i can <laughs> she can, say I can that. point the finger <laughs> um but you know i don't blame the kids i don't blame the teens i yeah. blame the machine that made them yeah absolutely they created the problems and the and the yeah and that life for these kids yeah and, and i and it's you know it's interesting because one of the things that was uh, last night was because I, I don't feel like I'm part of the mainstream of Hollywood. And I was meeting some real directors last night and some producers and people were very nice and approachable and very grounded and normal. And then yeah, there was some other kind of lottie da ones there. And, um, and, you know, I, I do this radio show. Uh, I'm a writer performer. Like, you know, we, we met at a spoken word event, yeah, I'm loving you know, my spoken word. These we, days. we do the storytelling and, uh, you know, and I hope to be doing a live show and a book later this year. But, you know, I, and I don't, so I go to these things and be like, oh, so what do you do? Ugh, you my know, favorite question. Yeah, and it's like, my well, I'm, question. you know, I have this amazing creative life. I have this amazing community of comedians and musicians and writers around me that yeah, I love being with do. and have great minds and, and they're smart, funny people. And I don't have a huge resume and, you know, and, I, and I'm a late bloomer in, in many levels. And, and yet, and like you were saying before, it was like, reminding myself, oh, no, that is the life I want. I want yeah. to live the creative yeah. life. I want to be engaged in my art form, whatever it is. And, and you know, boy, if I can make a little bit of a living out of this, fantastic, you know. Yeah, but really. the whole, like, you know, well, um, I was nominated for, uh, you know, I just uh, – Yeah, it and that's for not me. your yardstick. It, that's it, their it, yardstick it, it, it of isn't. success, their it, measure of success. Yeah, yeah. And, and yet it's, 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 it takes time and maturity. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something about being – in midlife, I'll call it. Mm -hmm. uh, where you reach, Why not? Where you reach, Let's call it midlife. It pretty much is. Because if I double mm. my age right now, I'm really fucking old when <laughs> I die. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm right at midlife. That's a good right age there. if I double There I'm, you go. Yeah, it's fine. Go. I, go. I could handle living that long. Yeah. Uh, maybe, and maybe it might be too long. Maybe by then I'll be like, oh, just get me out of here. Is right, this with really? The bad, with the bad hip and up. the no hearing. Yes, and God knows Can't. what the world will be yeah, like then. Right. It's just a little scary, isn't it? It's it a little is. scary what the world might be like then. Yeah, I can't even. The world's moving very fast. Fathom. Fathom. The world is exponentially faster in every second. Well, you know, and it's, it's even 
it, it is. It's so fast. And then like these big things happen, like you know, like yeah, Osama. Osama bin Laden being killed. Dang. And literally, when I heard, um, I lead this women's meditation group once a, once a week at my house. Oh, how lovely. So we were well, like, see, now that's real. Yeah. So we were like in the zone, and we just meditated and done like you know a council and you know a sharing. We were like in our feminine power and everything mm, right and really in grounded the vagina. yes totally mm. vagina on the ground no, not, not on the dirt though just kidding and uh we come out we come back into my house and my husband goes uh, uh and he has like this stricken look on his face and i'm yeah. like what, what 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 happened what happened uh well they've they've, they've killed uh, Os- Os- osama bin laden and i'm like wow like the whole world for so about shifted. 30 seconds went yeah like yeah. shifted yeah and and then I thought, wow, this could, this could change things. And now, of course, it's Thursday of that week. And I'm like, yeah, things really haven't changed. Things haven't changed that much. <laughs> you know, the only thing I'd hoped is that there'd be a little bit of like a little kind of reunification of Just the for people 20 minutes. of the United States Jesus of Christ, America. People. Can we stop this fucking madness, really, and come together and say, well, that's a relief. We cut the head off that beast. Let's not kill any more innocent people or send any more people yeah. where we don't have to. Yeah. Lily, just that old CIA, that old, I like the old school. Just go in and get the dude. For God's <laughs> right. sakes, don't waste the lives of young people or yeah. innocence. Yeah. And, and, you know, and please, God, let's give our president a little bit of a break. Just, a, yeah. Someone hello. tweeted, Five and I retweeted, like, with the birth, with the birth certificate, he was like, I have a few more important things on my mind. <laughs> I know that was really right funny. Now. We knew what he was thinking about now. A few, a, a little more important things to do right now than show you my fucking birth certificate and i love that i can say fucking in this moment yes my mother may be listening but i warned her that it's we can okay. say use the f-bomb it's on okay, radio.com. <laughs> um but really no that just gets me angry and actually I, that's why i don't watch too much of the news because i yeah. find it maddening yeah like kind of polluting and mad maddening yeah. and it's just d- you know it, it takes away my serenity and it makes me look crazy and, and it's true and it, it is that always that fine balance between i want to be informed right. i want to know what's going on in the world the husband fills me in and like your husband <laughs> filled you <laughs> exactly in and yet i am i'm really starting to learn that uh filter is important filter because is so information pollution everywhere I, truly and and i and i've also decided this week i am I'm really not engaging people on Facebook and and Twitter that much anymore. Like I love being on Twitter. Twitter's fun, yeah, actually. You're, you're all a tweet. You're yes, tweeting. a tweet. T- t- I, and I have a, I have a nice little fun little group there. Especially oh, the yeah. joke stuff is fun. But when people like want to jump on you right away and make make a political issue about every little thing, it was like oh. the Tipper Gore thing. It was like I really enjoyed meeting this woman. I have to tell she's, you, she's I saw a great her mom. Speech. She was a very powerful woman too. Totally. I mean, as far as being a powerful Hello. woman, yes. Who's she's not just a southern gal behind no. her man. She's a powerful woman. More, you know, very us, very smart woman. And as women today, don't we want to let women just sort of be who they are? Yes. Especially if they're like living their truth. Uh, abs- live your truth. Absolutely. I may not agree with everything you live. Yeah. And you know what? It's like I said. I said to them. I said, look. You know, she was a mom at that time, worried about her kids. Yeah. Little you know, kids, listening little to little rap yeah. music. You know, it's like. I get that, and it's not like she wanted to take, uh, you know, a blowtorch to the First Amendment. It's that right. wasn't what she was looking for. Right. But you know, so there's a balance there. And, and actually, I would love to have her come in here sometime and have the conversation with Ooh, her about out, it. I shout mean, out to Tipper. Tipper, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great conversation. It would. Have. It would. But but I am. I'm just tired of the over uh, the, this this rabble rousing. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I get mm-hmm. it. it's a democracy, but everyone's got a fucking opinion now, mm-hmm. and. 
No. And, and a platform. Everyone's got a platform for it. <laughs> it does. They do. I can really. I'm, I'm, you know what? My shins hurt from running into everyone's soapboxes, people. Oh, Just hilarious. Just get the fuck out have of you my tw- way. Have you tweeted that? Because that's <laughs> no. a good one. It's a good one. I'll have to do that after the show now. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, I find it a little exhausting. And I do yeah. feel like filter is so important. I mean, as a mom, mm-hmm. Uh, had to go do a little more of a like close my ears to some of the really you know the dark local news where if it bleeds oh, it leads God where that's really becomes <laughs> I can't even watch morbid. it anymore yes no I, I don't can't. I don't I, think that, I can't I, even remember the last time I watched local I news. also find that there's a lot because because they need to fill all these channels need to fill all this there's a lot of hysteria being peddled they're peddling hysteria yeah so that the so, so that the privileged mom in the San Fernando Valley su- white suburb is thinks the terrorists are targeting her. <laughs> You know, no, 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 it is. It's safe to fly. You're not going to get anthrax sent to you in the mail. You know, you're not going to get bird. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like I'm, I'm really not going to buy into the madness. Yeah. And and it's true. And unless someone tells me, I really, by the way, you should be buying into that. Like my someone I respect, (laughs) Kelly, if you tweet me, Beth, fucking (laughs) Beth, go ahead. Worry. Duct tape your door, Beth. Worry. It's time. Shit's going down. I hope you have some bottled water in the house. Yeah, because other than that, I really don't want to buy, you know, I want to live in the moment and I want to enjoy my life and sort of be peaceful. Yeah. You know, I, I love reading. I read like um, Utney Reader and some magazines like that, which are these. You should have gone to Swarthmore, the school I dropped out of. <laughs> you know, that, that's another pain and a little a little wound in my heart as I never made it over to the Ivy League. But that's another story. Swarthmore wasn't Ivy. It was just they all were. Utney it was one readers. of the seven sisters, wasn't you it? No, was... and everyone thinks it was. It's actually one of the oldest co-eds, but it's oh. Bryn Mawr is a sister school. Oh. It's a Quaker school near Bryn Mawr. Oh, okay. That it's a sort of a sister school too. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I, yeah, I, I would have been good there. I you would have just. I'm... You still would go. Go and speak to them. <laughs> get a speaking engagement. I, I Hi, I'm here to show up. I'm here to speak. You don't know who the fuck just I am. Just get on the front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I felt I needed to be here today. <laughs> okay, so you're reading. I cut you off. You're so reading, anyway, reading. but but I read these uh, other sources of news that actually um, talk about some really positive things that are happening on Earth. Nice and positive people and people who are like solving problems nice. and who are coming together in communities that that actually work together to to solve things. You you know, and and we've heard this complaint all the time. You never hear about this <laughs> in the mainstream media. Right. And and I think I think no wonder. A, we're all on antidepressants yeah. or anti-anxiety drugs. Yeah. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Yeah. And lately I've been thinking, nice maybe, cocktail. maybe I need to get on some of these because I'm really not quite sure where my brain is at half the time these days. <laughs> I think it's the midlife pen- paramedic. The midlife. Thing, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the mid- and also the, just, I guess the ADD is getting worse for me. And do I add another drug to the mix for the ADD? I don't know. I don't know. But I was, I was scolded by my five-year-old for being dis- so distractible. He was like, you know, I have a lot of patience, but I did ask you for that grilled cheese sandwich 15 minutes ago. And when I promise something to someone, I don't make them wait. And I have been waiting. Now I do have a lot. I mean, he spoke to me like he was my, like you were the five-year-old. Yes, like I was the five-year-old and he was just a little at the end of his rope. Oh, how sweet. Oh boy. So what is it like being a mom for you? I really love, I hate to be a smug mummy. I really do. (laughs) But I have to say, you know, you know a tiny bit of my story and, you know, scratch the surface of any comedian, you get some tragedy, right? So I have some tragedy or I have more than some, but um, there's a lot of healing that came mm, with being a mom. I bet. There's a lot of healing that came with with being a mom. There's a lot of just like learning and I and I and I'm not 
I'm not a precious mom. I'm not a helicopter mom. I try not to let my son stand for me in the world. Right. You know, he is, it is, I, I'm a comfort and a witness, you know? Right, right. Maybe a guide sometimes, but he is not a, a reflection of me. He is not my um, achievement. Right. So, but I have to say that there's, you know, you're, I don't know, is it obnoxious to say your heart kind of grows 10 sizes like the Grinch? I didn't have a Grinch heart. I had a pretty, pretty big I, heart already. Now my heart's kind of giant. And the nice thing hmm. is I get to mother myself in that way that wow. I was talking about in the beginning of like, that little inner 12-year-old that is really kind of the broken little girl still in there. And the one who could go to the Soho house and be like, oh, take me out of here <laughs> and cry in the bathroom stall. There's a motherly part of me now that says, it's all right, darling. Hmm. You know what? Come on. Stroke my own little hair. Yeah. I stroke my own hair. Yeah. And I put my arm around myself. I take myself out of the bathroom stall and I walk proudly out. Yeah. You know, with my arm around myself. I mean, I hate to be new age about it and like that like inner child stuff. But there is something about like fierce mother power, which I mean, it's it's fierce women power. You yeah. don't have to be a mom. But it but it's that it's the it's the mother maternal kind of archetype it's part of the female. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's, true. That's you know, again, not to be too new agey because I don't believe you have to be new agey to, to get no, no. But you have to believe a little bit in the power of like love and yep. being a force for for good, yep. being a force for good in the world. And yeah, so because there's a lot of. As we've just been talking about, there's a lot of shit flying around. Yeah, yeah. And and I and that fierce mother energy is, you know, really important. I'm not a mom, but I, you know, I, uh, I too had a phase, uh, you know, about five years ago, I went into grad school to get my master's in depth psychology, Jungian depth psychology, Ooh. which, you know, is very well, cool. And it's very, yes, oh, I'm fascinated. it's very based. Uh, and we were taught a lot about the power of the feminine and, yes. and the importance of psychology in general of learning to remother yourself and yeah. sometimes refather ourselves, yeah. but you know, as women, especially to remother ourselves and to connect with that powerful, healthy mama bear energy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is essential to protect ourselves, our children, and this fucking planet. Mm -hmm. I mean, like hello. when I tap into the yeah. mother bear, that's what I start to go. It's like, like, oh, the planet is just going down the toilet. I know. I'm like, hello. What about the water? Like, yeah. like who's protecting the water? God damn it! You yeah. know. And, and and it's it's for me like when I learn to remother myself and to have that protective mom come out for me yeah. and to remind me you're okay you're going to be yeah. safe you're going to yeah. be fine. I felt like my life expanded like mm -hmm. exponentially mm -hmm. in my ability to go mm -hmm. out in the world. I mean, it's that basic like attachment theory that they talk about so much these days with the kids, you know. Right, and then we had to learn it in our. 40s or whatever. <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. But you do, I just, I do in the spoken word uh, show tonight, uh, tomorrow night, and the next night if anyone wants to come, that's called Expressing Motherhood. And I talk in this piece about a recent uh, feeling of sort of a cracking open, a getting bigger and expanding, a recognizing a f that I'm a fierce and mighty woman, mm, mm. you know, finding that in myself. Yep. You know, maybe it's always been there or maybe I'm growing into it, but... Uh, yeah, good, good. Because there yeah. is a lot. There's a lot in this town and in this world that can sort of like smack you around. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, and you know, I was one of the things I wanted. There's like ten thousand things I'd love to talk to you about. And we don't have a ton of time left, but but one of the things I was thinking about was, and, and we had briefly joked about it earlier this week, what we were going to talk about here. And I'm like, well, we could talk about women in Hollywood. And, and, and you and just think about, well, you know, if you want me to get bitter and mean or something. Not know? mean, just really bitter just and bitter, sad. Bitter and bitter sad. And that's sad what it was. and heavy and <laughs> depressed. But see, that's the thing, too. I was like, 
you know, when when you look at the female characters out there, oh a, boy, you're, you get bitter and sad. Yeah, <laughs> you, you do, and there's so few chances for women to step into that powerful. God, I know. That's feminine, like, ladies, let's role. write. Let's write. I'm writing now. At least I'm out there writing in my little theatrical and little spoken word venues. Yep. Yep. I'm writing my truth. I'm writing my story. And I really feel like my voice is coming out. I can't stop it now. And this is a new thing for me because mm. there has been a lot of like, oh, will you, will you pick me for your sitcom? <laughs> and it's that same sitcom every year that I try to get, which is that wife role right. who puts her hands on her hips and rolls her eyes at her funny, but crazy But she's got a husband. sharp wit. But she's got she's got a sharp wit, but not the, not the most punchlines because she's really setting it up for her husband. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. That's true. You know, so I mean, yeah. so, uh, sometimes she gets a sharp wit. But yeah. you know, I talk about how how hungry we, we are. We're so hungry for the female experience, and it's not just a like a second banana to the male. Mm-hmm. Um, that that it's just like give us more Sex in the City. I don't care that it was written by gay men, and I don't care that it's not real. <laughs> it's like heightened and ridiculous. And Samantha's a man in drag. I don't care. The second movie sucked. I don't care. Give me more because there's that interesting test. You can find it on YouTube. It's so '90s women's studies, but. Let me just say, the Bedschel uh, test for women in movies. Have you ever heard of it? You no, ask three no. questions of any movie. Uh-huh. Um, are there at least two female characters in it mm-hmm. with names? <laughs> and do they talk about something? They talk to each other about something other than men. Oh. They then f- have these movies flying by, wow. thousands of them that don't pass the test. Right. Everything from Toy Story to Princess Bride to, you know, uh-huh. Indiana Jones, you know, uh-huh. all of them. All uh-huh. of them. Uh-huh. No, but none of them pass the test. Wow. What, you know what does pass the test, which I have to do a quick plug? Huh. Is this Steve Carell movie this summer called Crazy Stupid Love that's coming out that I'm really, that I'm in. Oh, and cool. I love. That I love. And it's about, yes, and it's got fantastic female characters mm. and love from like puppy love and junior high to old married love. So that's great. But I have to tell you, I really like, come on, ladies, let's write some stuff for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Because we're and let's, for it. And, let, and let's, you know, and not only write it, but, it, and those jobs are all important, but really create the culture that, yes. you know, because people, my, women my age, and even my husband too, I mean, people our age, it's like, you know, the entertainment business, the culture, like, writes us off, thinks that we're not interested. We're not going to, we're the people with the money and the power most of the time. Shouldn't you Look be writing stuff for me? Movie. Oh, and I just heard something recently about this demographic that's completely ignored of women older than us. But uh-huh. this women, I don't know, you know, 55, whatever, the right. AARP ladies. Right. This insane demographic, you know, they're living forever. Right. They've got buying power. Yep. Yep. No, the people are pretending they don't exist. Yeah. And, Really, it was. It's interesting to me. It's like we were so hungry for Sex in the City, and yet they still had to put on a show. It was like they were threatened by the success of it, and they had to put on that in the mind of a married man. Right? Which, who right. wants to like, see that? Like we don't know about that already. We know. <laughs> That's all we see, people. It's true. And it was, but it was like, oh, uh, it's too, it's too explosive and incendiary to have a like a show with four women. Yeah, they still think that's too many women. It's too many. Yeah. It's too many women. Somehow, it's it's upsetting the balance somehow. You know, and that's uh, that's why I'm enjoying. Uh, we'll give a little plug out for Showtime right now because I love yeah. that. You know, the Nurse Jackie. They've got the ladies and the United States of Tara. And uh, I. And, well, they got weeds, and weeds, they got seaweed, and they got the sea. Yeah, I mean, they got four really. I don't have Showtime, but I'm going to sign up right you, now. You should. <laughs> well, because you should, because the Green Room with Paul Provenza will be on in July. You're wearing season. that T-shirt. I'm wearing the T-shirt because are you on it? I, I'm a producer. I produce Fantastic. the talent for that. I talk to all the talent and say, "Please come and play with Paul." Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's very fun. It's oh, a great show. It. So you'll have to get show. Everyone, go out and get Showtime for this summer. Damn it. 
we just have a few more minutes. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Um, I don't know. We talk about my little MTV show where I have to tell you. Yes. Initially, I was like, okay, is this like an American Pie? Is this like, is this, this is a show about a, a, a geeky kid with a big schlong? It was like based <laughs> on Ron Jeremy's high school. They did a short film, oh. David Katzenberg and Seth Graham said, our producers. I got one illusion of that. I was like, oh, he's got a big dick. Yeah. Okay. And then I was like, uh, okay, I have to tell you, that's maybe how they hook some people in. And right. maybe you have to hook some people in that way. I personally think the size of the dick, who cares? Who, who cares? cares nobody cares some men may care yeah they do but the ladies 12 year olds care 12 year olds care and i think actually <laughs> men that's their inner 12 year old right? that cares yes yes but really we don't care but i have to tell you it is surprise it's got a movie i mean it's, it's got it's a tv show with a surprising amount of heart they do say 50 percent fart 50 percent heart that's kind of their motto i love that and it is raunch and it is push the envelope uh comedy but i'm having so much fun playing rj's crazy ass mother I'm off the hook. I am, I am an insane nymphomaniac, but I'm full of love. I'm full of heart. You know, I, I'm just, I, I get a lot of funny. There's nothing more fun to me than what I'm doing for yeah. MTV right now. And the show is surprisingly fresh and sweet in a way that I think people are surprised by. People keep grabbing me, older people, people who are like interviewing me and saying, you know, I wouldn't have thought that <laughs> anyone other than like a eight, 17 year old would want to watch it's, this. It's but. true because I watch an episode today and a, I love your scenes. I just, Thank I just you. Like, I love oh, my scenes. I want more of her. I want more of her because oh, I love, you. I love the interaction and you and your husband are great together. And, and it is, it's like, but, and it was surprising though. I was like, they just called that teenage girl's vagina a clam. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. that. Some of that's <laughs> deeply offensive. It truly is. And it kind of goes both ways, though. Because yeah. you do, and then, you know, but they're talking about the boy. I mean, it's, they're throwing the shit right back at the boys. No, yeah. It's sort of, some of it's deeply offensive. And it, I spoke up at one point, or two points. Really, <laughs> first of all, I said, let's have women not just be like a screen onto which we project our fantasies with right. that dream girl. And right. they started second season. They've really gone a lot deeper and delved into sort of what people really are and not just these right. archetypes. Uh, right. And I said, let's, so let's, let's have not women just, you know, be a screen onto which we, like the, like the nymphomaniac mother and the dream girl, right. you know, right. uh, prom queen. Right. And, um, Nobody cares about the size of the dick, I told the boys, because they're younger than me and I can be bossy. I get a little Dorothy Parker, I can be bossy. <laughs> I'm a mother now. Um, and, then, and then I also said, let, you know, let's, it sounds misogynistic when we say this. And, then the, and there was one other point, because if it's not my line, I can't really talk about it, but I did have one point where it was like, oh, young love, you know, no, no kids, no worries, no condoms. And then I said, do we really want to tell kids? kids our demographic that young love is sweet because you're not using a condom let's not yeah. so instead i said young love no kids no worries no stds hmm. which intimated that i had an std but i'd rather take the bullet <laughs> right. my character yes. had her the older generation right <laughs> <laughs> then recommend people that young kids go out there and have their first sex, you know, have sex for the first time without a condom. So there we go. I was a pro condom message. And then my character took on STDs. Oh, oh I love that. But I can't, you know, the boy, they let me speak up. That's they let good. Me speak up a little bit. I love good. that. I love that gang. I yeah. love them. Good. That's great. I'm glad you're happy. I am happy. Good. It makes me happy when other people are happy. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, happy. Thank you so much for coming here today. You're welcome, my love. And uh, well, you'll have to come back. I should. You because know, because I feel like there's more to say. Oh, there is. There's endless things to say. 
truly. Yeah. We could go on forever, we and, we, and we just might. <laughs> uh, so thank you for coming by, and, uh, and I can't wait to see these movies this summer. I, well, I, and the big one with all the, the big cast, who knows what that's about. Really but I, I'm looking forward to the cast of thousands. The cast of thousands. <laughs> and then Crazy Stupid Love is really, it like, sounds I can sweet. really honestly recommend it to everyone. Oh, so I'm excited. Very lovely, Yay. lovely, lovely. Yay. You'll have to cry. Okay, everyone. So uh, thank you all for, for listening today, and thank you all for downloading on the iTunes. God bless the iTunes. This is what I have God to say. God bless the iTunes for free. Let's God bless Steve mm. Jobs for the iTunes things. Mm. Now, next week, I will not be here, folks. I will be in New York uh, doing a couple of different things, and uh, so I won't be here. So, But it'll, it's my dad's birthday next week, so I may have Johnny Dam, the station manager and founder here, uh, just play an album of my dad's on, right. on, on my birthday, uh, on his birthday on my show. Don't know yet, though. Uh, but I want to thank everyone, of course. I want to thank uh, Beth, and I want to thank Barbara, who's not here today. The mysterious Barbara Roman, not here today. Mm. Uh, and I want to thank my husband, and I want to thank Johnny Dam, who runs the station. And I want to thank all my listeners, and, uh, of course, the Twitterverse and the Facebook land people. And, uh, and, and uh, let's thank the big archetypal fierce mama bear. Oh, hells yeah. You know, let's just thank her. Love you, mama bear. And uh, I'm going to end the show uh, on something a little different here today. This is a little ditty. I think I played it before here. This is a little found music uh, that someone sent me of my dad uh, in the 70s singing a little song. This was from a, like he was at a college gig and, this, and he sang this song to a friend and they sent it to me. And Aww. so this is uh, in honor of my dad and his birthday next week. Oh, and, uh, and so here's my dad and you guys have a great two weeks and I'll see you then. Everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Well, if the sun comes out each day, everything must be okay. Yes, everything is okay anyway. If all we ever had was total war, and peace and love and giving were a bore, what if we cried and died all day? You could still hear someone say that everything is okay anyway. Volcanoes, earthquakes, floods, and tidal waves, and man is forced to live again in caves. But if all we had was fire, you'd still hear the caveman choir. Singing, everything is okay anyway. Yes, everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Well, if kids come out to play, everything must be okay. Yeah, everything is okay anyway. If no one was allowed to jump or run, if no one was permitted to have fun, and if it rained hard every day, you still hear someone say that everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Everything is okay anyway. Well, if you do not miss your pay, if you hear what I will say, you will know that on this day I have seen a little ray of... forgetfulness.